Welcome to Built to Play, your dose of video game news and culture. I'm Armin Bali. And I'm Daniel Rosen. This week, we discuss a tiny little thing called E3. We'll be talking about the press conferences, the big games, and every last embarrassing controversy. Plus, we'll talk about the games we're looking forward to and games we wish we'd seen. But first, Microsoft went a whole two hours and talked about nothing but games. Someone give them a cookie. They actually, there was no TV. I think there was actually, like, the Kinect was there for, like, half a second. Yeah, it was actually kind of impressive, especially considering what happened to Sony later on. Yeah. Uh, They did open up on Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which, I mean, I don't find interesting. And does anybody still care about Call of Duty? I don't know. I mean, like, it still has a big enough name that I think people are going to tune in. And they kind of expect it. I mean, that's what every Microsoft press conference for a long time has had Call of Duty get involved somehow. Yeah, and and they have the exclusive DLC thing going for them. And, I mean, K-Pax only appears on Microsoft consoles. (laughs) That is true. Microsoft exclusive. Democracy? Democracy. Democracy is not what these people need. Hell, it's not even what they want. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is secretly a sequel to House of Cards somehow. Oh, it has to be. Just this is him ten years in the future after House of Cards running a PMC and deciding to take over the United States. Yeah. Um which is also the plot of I think Metal Gear Solid (laughs) Five. I think. Uh, yeah, we'll get to Metal Gear Solid Five, man. Um, boy, um, but that was the first of many dismembered limbs we saw all day. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting how crazy um, this Microsoft press conference got in terms of pure gore. Um, Ubisoft, particularly, was kind of bad about it. Yeah, um, there was a really big thing like we're being mature and edgy now, guys. Check out our violence. Yeah, I mean, and now, I guess with the with the new consoles having much better um, splatter. Uh, mm-hmm. When it comes to blood and stuff, this is a great opportunity to show how all these limbs break off. But it's, it's not like nothing was as bad as two years ago when people were cheering for a shotgun blast to the face in The Last of Us. Yeah, that was pretty bad. It's nothing. Nothing is as bad as that, but it is much more widespread and pervasive this year. Uh, and it, I mean, definitely, there's that statistic that got me off on an entire rant uh, the other day about how there are there were more severed heads in E3 trailers than there were women speaking on stage. Yeah, it's actually insane because you got and like there were more. And a lot of those ever heads were female. Yep. So, like, you only get – the only shape that women showed up um, in, aside from, like, a couple, like, you know, Alicia Tyler's, mm-hmm. um, were, um, like, them being killed. So yep. Or dams or a literal flag to be tossed around in Rainbow yeah. Six. Wow. Yeah, that was bad. That, that was horrible. The – but, like, my – I don't know what was up with, with Microsoft. It At the very least, they were consistent when talking about their games. If their games seemed to be a little focused on M for Mature. Last year, they were way more um, – they were a little more focused on indie games. Yeah. A little bit. There was a little bit – I mean, at least they gave Below a really big uh, showing last year. This year, it was like a five, five seconds in a sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I think Sony did a much better job of indie games. But again, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which isn't first party, but I don't know if we'll get to it later. So No, no. Just a horrible horrible name no, it's and they did a really cliche opening with it i thought it was i thought they're doing the thing i think it was cliche for like movies and stuff i think it is brand new uncharted territory for video games oh you mean psychology and thought process yes, yes you're right having a character who is genuinely affected by her previous journey and is now horrified by having to genocide an island yeah i mean that's that's gonna be an interesting way to take it i wonder how they kind of trans say that this trauma i mean like and for anyone who's played tomb raider that what's happened is basically she goes mad like yeah. let's be let's be honest here she's taken a bow and arrow a lot of the time and just murdered a whole bunch of dudes mm-hmm. um when and then comes back to the real world and then decides to go tomb raiding i'm wondering how they're going to make that transition i can understand like her deciding to like explore the wilderness and be away from society i wonder how they transition that to treasure hunting 
Um, I, th- I Yeah, I have to wonder. I think there's something about her being an archaeologist still. They can kind of work with that, that she just wants to go in the wilderness and find creepy things. Um, it's how, how, how they'll find something for her to kill and something supernatural for her to kill. The other thing is that the previous Tomb Raider game apparently had a hint to what the next one would be if you collected all the items and mm-hmm. got all the uh, broadcasts and all those little things. Yeah. Um, and it apparently still had something to do with that island. Okay. Which, so I do like how that Tomb Raider game totally goes the opposite of Uncharted, where Uncharted always like something could be magic and then they give you an explanation for it. Yeah. Whereas Tomb Raider said, no, no, a ghost literally possesses this island. <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's a nice throwback, at least to the old games where you had, like, dinosaurs. Yeah, and... I want dinosaurs back. Can we get dinosaurs back? I want psychological trauma, and I want dinosaurs. That, uh, that, that would be an interesting balance, just because I feel like video games aren't as good with tonal control mm-hmm. as we've seen with, again, Metal, Metal Gear. Yeah, oh my god, again, I'm so excited to talk about that when we get to it. Um, the uh, A couple other games we saw, uh, they showed up The Division for, like, half a second. Yep. Um, they also showed... The Witcher 3. Which, I mean, like, they had him dismembering a griffin, which we we, we were talking about earlier, and I yep. assume that's just the cultural trait of the Polish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's just how they introduce each other to themselves. It's, and it's not necessarily griffins, as you pointed out. Yep. Griffins aren't native to Poland, I don't think. No, no. It's usually the ducks, like the one they have on our phone. Yeah, baby robins. Yeah, exactly. Um... Uh, the, they showed off Dead Rising DLC that involved people cosplaying as Capcom characters. Which, I mean, like, that seemed appropriate for that series, considering that um, the new Dead Rising is actually apparently really serious. Yeah, I, when I demoed it, I was like, this is really serious, but also I have a jetpack and I'm wearing a Blanca head that shoots <laughs> lightning out of my face. Oh, Dead Rising. Um, I actually really like Dead Rising 2. I never, because it's exclusive, I never got a chance to play Dead Rising 3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird that game is exclusive. I never thought of it as a huge, but I guess Dead Rising 1 was also sort of exclusive yeah. for a while. So um, there was uh, a bit of Evolve, which is the new game from the Left 4 Dead team. I, which, I mean, it looks cool. That game is super gray, and I wish yep. they had a better color palette. It is very gray and like it's very in shades of like Hasune Miku blue. Yeah, I mean, it's got the neon thing going. Um, the only thing I wish that game uh, had was a little... Uh, I feel like it just feels a little limited by having four players versus one player mm-hmm. consistently. And from what I understand, there's no like, there's no real plot. I feel to like it. it's American Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's an American Monster Hunter. And it's was, a... Which, by the way, is my description of like ten games I saw this year. <laughs> the Witcher is American Monster Hunter. Dragon Age is American Monster Hunter. Like everything is American Monster Hunter this year. You know, Monster Hunter, while it doesn't sell well in North America, I think it has had a bit of an impact. I mean, it, it, it it's. Everyone owns Monster Hunter in Japan. Yeah, people look and say, like, this this go- gameplay concept must work. It's just, it's terrible on a handheld. It's terrible on a handheld, and I think that the problem with the Japanese games is that people in Japan are so used to playing this game. Yeah. It'd be like... There was uh, Phantom Dust. Which, which is a, not a game anyone wanted. Like, <laughs> not a game anyone was looking for. And I'm not saying that no one, like, now that they've announced it, no one wants it. I'm relatively interested. Not that yeah. I want an Xbox One, but yeah. it's interesting. I don't know why they brought that game back. I mean, it's nope. that is a game for like the mid '90s. That was no, no, that was a launch Xbox game, right? No, yeah, right. That was a launch Xbox exclusive that launched at twenty dollars. It was a budget price launch game. It is a card battle RPG. Yeah, I knew it was a card battle game, but that's a, that's weird. It's like an action card battle game. Why would you? I don't even like. It's like if Sony decided to do make a I, I judgment a whole franchise. 
it would make more sense if they said, hey, look, we have a new Eye of Judgment for PS4, because they actually made a big deal out of that first Eye of Judgment. Right, and their camera now. Yeah. This is, they forgot about this game for about a decade. Halo 5, which is Halo 5, comes with Halo 5 Nightfall, which I'm pretty sure is the story where Master Chief gets his back broken by Bane. Yeah, well, Halo 5 is 2015, guys, so they lied. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Hey, 2014 is the year of Halo, which is to say you can play Halo 1 through 4 again on Xbox One. Anniversary collection and apparently that game will be mostly true to be they'll just be changing up the graphics i like how they literally their advertising point it'll be exactly like it was in 2004 there was uh, fable legends which again does anybody care about fable after four games that it's also monster hunter by the way i I don't know and the weird thing about fable legends that it looks nothing like fable no. It looks it has the same aesthetic, but other It looks than that, like a fun game. Yeah, actually. Could... Uh but I've been burned on Fable too many times before. Yeah, I don't even know who's at that studio anymore. I mean, Line Yeah, it's not a totally Peter... new team. It's not Linehead, it's not Well, it's well, sorry, it's not Peter Molyneux. Um and I mean Linehead has lost a whole bunch of its staff. So I'm just curious what Fable even means at this point. Yeah, it means a fantasy aesthetic on an Xbox console that is first party. Um, you get to choose between good and evil sometimes. Oh, hey. Hey, you can plant an acorn. Yeah. You can into a tree. You can collect taxes. Dogs. You have dogs. <laughs> Hang out with a dog. You can kill the dog. That's a big emotional twist at the end. <laughs> Spoilers for Fable 2. Or 3. I don't remember. All of them. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Every one of them. Yeah. Um, Scalebound, which is a new game from Platinum. Um, and it comes with, it looks like a really interesting game. Also looks like Monster Hunter. Also, yeah, it is straight up Monster Hunter and has the world's most annoying voice actor. Yeah. He um, sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog. And he looks like Dante, and he has <laughs> terrible headphones that he wears into battle, which is like, oh god, like like Electra style, which was passe in Electra. Yeah, no. Like, the the way Dante works, it, the way, reason those games work is because they go so crazy over the top that it doesn't matter. <laughs> because Dante throws a pizza slice into the air at the beginning of a fight and catches it at the end. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, But when you have... A character when you go halfway, these characters just become annoying. Yeah, like you, it, you, the whole universe has to be insane. You can't have just this one guy who is kind of out of it. And that's actually where like a lot of um, Western adaptions of these Japanese games tend to fall apart. Is that they have like this? They they try to keep a monochrome of the crazy, but then wrap it around a lot of the seriousness. And this game looks like it takes itself very seriously. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it doesn't. Platinum games don't. I mean, Vanquish is one of my favorite games. Ever really, and Platinum is is fantastic there because mm-hmm. that is a that game is a parody of the um, of the dude bro space marine shooter genre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, they have experience with doing that kind of stuff, and I mean Bayonetta. I mean, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> and, Bay- and Bayonetta is fucking the best. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, we can run through. They have they had ID at Xbox games. ID and Xbox games looked okay. I mean, we didn't get... They literally just, like, did a seizure-inducing trailer. Yes, and then... but it featured Cuphead, which is a Mega Man game with 1930s Disney cartoon-style graphics. But that game actually looks amazing. That game is my game of the show. Yeah, no. Um, that That's not mine, but it came very, very close. It, it is It is right up there. It is, like, top three. I don't know yeah. if it's my number one. Yeah. Is that Zelda looks pretty cool, and Bloodborne is my jam. <laughs> but the Cuphead is... I, I want more games that look like Disney cartoons. Yeah, no, that game is pretty damn impressive. So what did you think of Microsoft overall? I personally thought that this was a sh- interesting show. I wish that... I mean, I'm going to say this about all of them. I wish there wasn't so much of this coming out in 2015. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this really makes a difference, though. The biggest, like, the thing is, a lot of these games are multi-platform, or um, the hooks aren't all that great. So, for instance, um, Rise of Tomb Raider, that, could, that trailer was relatively impressive. Um, Witcher 3, Evolve... 
Call, even Call of Duty, these are all multi-platform games. Yeah. There's nothing here that's all that exclusive that I'm impressed for. I mean, there's a new Crackdown, but I already played Saints, Saints Row. Saints Row 4. Like, yeah. I played Saints Row 4. It's better Crackdown. Exactly. So, Fable Legends, I'm iffy on. It's not going to, unless I find out that it's going to, that it's actually amazing, I'm not going to, like, buy an Xbox in advance of that. By the way, the selling point of Saints Row 4 is, is uh, Crackdown, but you can make your character look to buy, look to, look to buy a SpMK. That's yeah. actually the selling point of, of Saints Row. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I liked that they didn't talk about television. I was distinctly impressed that they only talked about games, no connect, no nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like a lot of those games don't seem that impressive. And all this was leaked back in January on NeoGAF. Exactly. All of this. So like even Phantom Dust and Scalebound wasn't that surprising. Um, there was that new game from, uh, the guys who made Limbo. Play Dead. It sure did look like Limbo, but with color. Yep. Um, it had the same kind of silhouette-ish. And that'll, yeah. that'll, be not, that'll be exclusive enough for long. Yeah. As we learned with Limbo. I, well, like, the problem with a lot of indie games is that indie games don't make any money if they're exclusive to one platform. Yeah. Um, you have to pay them a ton of, like, for instance, Skulls of a Shogun was limited to uh, Microsoft platforms for a very long time, and that game tanked horribly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So it they so basically everybody has exclusivity like first to PlayStation contracts or first yep. to Xbox contracts, but you're gonna end up everywhere, you know, within a year. Yeah. Uh so moving on to EA, which was the conceptual entertainment prototype expo. Yeah, um we don't actually have much to say about this because they, they didn't have much to show. They um, literally showed nothing. Yep. Nothing. It was an hour long and they showed so few games I can't even like we can't even start anywhere. Yeah, like uh EA it's like EA understood that what people want is games. So they had a lot of ideas for what games could be. And mm-hmm. they said, they kind of sat around the table. It's like, Hey, um, so we're thinking about this. Uh, we don't have anything done on it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. yeah that was, um, Star Wars Battlefront three, which was developers walking around places. They filmed Star Wars movies and then showed you uh, about half a second of gameplay. Yep. Um, there was also the Mass Effect 4, which was literally just concept art, a map, and the and soundtrack. The mu- and the music yeah. for Mass Effect 2. Yep. Uh, and then Bioware Edmonton. That's Bioware Montreal working on that. Bioware yep. Edmonton announced they're working on a new IP, which they showed with a demo of technology that can make seasons change in a video game. Which I'm... Considering that Metal Gear Solid already has a day night system, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure that's all that impressive at this point, because it just seems like an... Uh, reaching out yeah. of that kind of um I mean I imagine like having weather is a big deal but I don't know day day and night you it's mostly the shadows and the lighting is what you're dealing with there yeah um the there were sports yeah uh the UFC thing was super I don't know if you caught this it was super creepy the they're advertising Bruce, Lee? Bruce Lee's in the UFC game and so they had a digital Bruce Lee shilling their video game uh, which was just that's so deeply weird. uncomfortable deeply uncomfortable it's like, it, it's not as bad, but it'd be like if Guitar Hero had um, a, a Kurt Cobain. It did. Yeah, well, no, it did have Kurt Cobain, but if it had Kurt Cobain show up and say, yeah, I love Guitar Hero, you guys should all play. Yeah, uh, it was it was really weird seeing him puppet around his corpse for something he really clearly would not have been a fan of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was also the next PGA Tour, it features uh, explosions and battleships. Uh, which is basically them saying Battlefield 4 did really poorly and we need to use these assets somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make these assets worth our while. I think Battlefield 4 didn't, did okay. I think just the brand has been destroyed when it yeah. comes to that series. Um, I mean, does anyone play golf games? Does no. golf games really do anything for them? It doesn't even have Tiger Woods in it anymore. Yeah, well, did they? would they really want Tiger he Woods? He was in, in the last one. He was? He was in the, yeah. Okay. He's well, in... I heard the last one was actually terrible. That so, I've heard as well. So, I mean... You know, it all works out. EA has a MOBA called Dawngate, which was had the most boring trailer I've ever seen at E3. Because it was all about the game's lore, which is exactly what you care about in a MOBA. 
Oh, man. Mirror's Edge 2 was showed off with a prototype that looked like the first game for about half a second. Yeah. It looked like... The, I mean, that's what they showed last time, right? No, was, they didn't even show anything last time. Last time it was concept art. Yeah. Well, they showed concept art that looked like the first game. Yep. Mm. Uh, Battlefield Hardline, which was super creepy because it was a big cop chase going on while a big cop chase was going on in, in Los Angeles for real. Yeah. And I don't... Like, that game doesn't look all that... I mean, it's Battlefield, but smaller, which is... I don't know if anyone's looking for it's it. It's Battlefield, but Payday. Yeah. If you... If you wanted that experience, I feel like you just would have either bought Payday, yep, or you would have gotten Battlefield and gotten the full like sixty-four player matches that they have in there. Yeah, um, this seems like a little. I don't know. It seems like it's a leaked, weird. It's leaked three times, and none of those times it seems impressive. Yeah, no. And the biggest problem with it is just it doesn't seem like I can't imagine the audience for this game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who wants this. They, like whoever wants this wants Call of Duty, I, and like there's it's really hard in this day and age to say like oh hey what we have our newest game is a shooter yep. like. How do you distinguish yourself? There's already Call of Duty. Yep. Like Ubisoft has the open world um, genre wrapped up. Um, they just they have studios dedicated to making open worlds in which a, a stoic main character. The, the uh, Ubisoft open world game is literally a capitalized proper noun. Yeah, exactly. It's I don't know what EA could EA could have shown Battlefront three more. Yep. Which, by the way, Star Wars Battlefront three is a game. Um, hey, whoops. Yep. It's uh, it's coming out in, probably in time for... In 2015. The, yeah. The movie. The mo- yeah. Mm. Everything comes out in 2015. This was the 2015 show, and honestly, I think Battlefront... I actually think Battlefront 3, Mirror's Edge 2, and Mass Effect 4 are 2016 games. Oh, yeah. No. The, um... Well, like, a lot of these games that say holiday 2015 means January 2016. It means March 2016. <laughs> it means, oops, this needs to be an Easter game now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a lot of these games are 2016 games because if you don't have enough to... Sh- the, and, and, oh, no, we didn't even talk about the Criterion game. The new right, Criterion right, right. game, which was literally pre-alpha. Yeah, yeah. No, um... And by the way, anyone who tells you that a pre if you if everyone gives you a playable pre alpha, that is an absolute lie. Yeah. Because if you are getting access, you, a pre alpha is literally like physics not working, characters not looking human. It was yeah. These mm. were untextured like models. Yeah. Flat shaded colors. Nothing was working properly. Intercut with shots of the developers at the pub having drinks and talking about how much they love extreme sports. I mean, like Criterion is barely a studio anymore. I mean, mm. most of the most of the company got the shaft. A bunch of them uh, left uh, because they didn't like working on Need for Speed games every year. Yep. Um, so I don't even know what that game really is. What there's maybe like ten people left, and I don't know what that game is going to be. Yeah. It, um, it will. It's the GoPro game. It's the, like these are 2016, maybe 2017 games in some cases. Yeah. We're seeing nothing of them. We're, EA show next year is going to be the same show that was this year. We're going to see the exact same games. I mean, you you can't set this precedent precedent for yourself because then you end up in this cycle where, for instance, imagine next year that they come out and show. Um, they have already shown most of these games. Yep. Imagine if they come out and then say, "Oh, hey, um, yeah, uh, Dice has been totally ramshackled because of." Uh, Working about battle- three games. Yeah, and Battlefield 4 is still completely out of control. So, uh, you know, Mirror's Edge is not going to come out for a long time. And they've been showing stuff for years now. Yeah. So, yeah, well, here's the thing. Well, I, I mentioned this in what I was talking about. I think there's a big problem with stagnation and budgets in, in with E3. And, and we have two op-eds on the site about it. But, like, yeah. last year EA's show mm-hmm. was Mirror's Edge... Mm-hmm. And Star Wars Battlefront. Those were their big announcements. This year, their show was Mirror's Edge and Star Wars, and Star Wars Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah, there's nothing because it just one they have to spend so much money to build these games. Yep. So as a result, they get stuck in these long development cycles, and ultimately, like 
I don't think we're going to run into a situation of a lot of these games where um, what ends up happening with long development cycles is like the technology just perpetually ends up behind. Mm-hmm. But I think because all studios are kind of leading towards this direction, we're just going yeah. to see you know studios taking forever to make games. Exactly. But because of that, we're not going to get much. Pr- like it seems like it seems just that makes it a really dumb idea to then focus all on AAA games because all of a sudden you have nothing to show exactly. for years. You have, you have nothing to show, and you don't have anything in case you you have nothing to fall back on. Exactly. Like you have nothing to cushion your fall when your big AAA game inevitably fails because people will only buy two games a year. Yeah, yeah. And even when those big games, like even if we're talking about like a blockbuster type, um, movie studios, they make blockbuster films, but they also make tiny like movies that like might do well. For instance, um, Fox just made a ton of money off The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. That movie was $16 million to make and yeah. got uh, like something like $100 million in. Exactly, because it costs nothing. These are like small romantic comedies, small dramas. Yeah. Not, they're, they're giant sci-fi blockbuster epics. Those are summer movies where they make all that money, but everything else is cushioned. They can only make those because they can they make, you know, ten other movies a year. Yeah. The only company that I feel does that right now is Nintendo, and they have their own host of problems that we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, Ubisoft does a little bit of that. Um, they, I mean, they did Child of Light. They did yeah. a whole bunch of other... I mean, Child of Light was basically confirmed to sell because yeah. that game is just cute enough. There's, um... A couple other games that they've Rayman, for instance, exactly. That game. And they have Just Dance and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like it's them and it's European. Let me rephrase that. It's European companies. Yeah. And Nintendo and Nintendo has their own issues to deal with. Yeah. Nintendo does that, but they have other problems. The, 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 their biggest problem is that they're on a console that no one owns. Exactly. That they have a, they, 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 they have an albatross around their neck. Yeah. But speaking of Ubisoft, uh, so Alicia Tyler keeps getting her yearly paycheck for making Yves Guillermo look like a dwarf. She's seriously, <laughs> I I can't like I understand that she's really good at what she does. She's a very funny lady. It's too bad they give her Ubisoft PR speak. Oh my God, no, she she it's. I feel like if they just let her rant for a while, it'd be way more entertaining. Than... Oh, listen, she is fan- every time I've heard her on a podcast, she's fantastic. She's a charming, funny comedian. Yeah, and I think she really knows her stuff about games. Yeah, yeah, she seems to genuinely be into it. The thing is, though, that Ubisoft's PR gives her the absolute worst thing to work with. Oh, my God. And she is approximately 20 feet taller than every, than every like small French man who comes on stage next to her. And she always wears huge heels, which I always find super funny. Yeah, especially... like Yves Guillemot is like up to her mid-thigh. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Papa Smurf next to her. It's it's kind of incredible, especially it's adorable. <laughs> it's like it's it's like Alicia Tyler has a her personal uh, Yves Give Mo doll that she yeah. just carries around to press conferences. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna pull this uh, string in the back. So now let's talk about Assassin's Creed and, and the Division. <laughs> now that we can, yeah. So Assassin's Creed Unity. I mean, we mentioned this before. Severed heads um, in the French Revolution. I mean, look. To be fair, Severus Heads was a big part of the French Revolution. Yeah. That was the that was the guillotine thing. Um, you don't need to show it to us. No, all the time. we don't need that on a pike in a trailer. Yeah. Uh, we also also do- they didn't really put that many heads on pikes. No, it's I- not the me- they weren't medieval. No, not particularly. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets me about it though is a that multiplayer. The big thing about it, the big thing they showed off is that this game has four player co op multiplayer, which I mean. Assassin's Creed is has had multiplayer for a while, but this is the first time it's had anything close to co-op. Co-op in the campaign, yeah. yeah. But that was way too smooth, what they showed. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. that is fake. That is the fakest. No, and it's... Unless all, this game runs on magic. All of their multiplayer stuff was completely... Yeah, the Division as well, and Rainbow Six, just way too smooth, way too fake. I mean, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into uh, what well, what we saw of, of Unity. So what yeah. does that gameplay look like? I mean, it looks like more Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't look any different. Uh, You're more like Batman this time because they were solving murders. It is still a Batman simulator where you can kill people and not feel bad about it. Yep. The um and there was the other thing where there are no female. There are no women. There are no f- there are no lady assassins, which is ridiculous because the majority of assassins during the French Revolution were women. Yeah, yeah. But their excuse was that it costs too much. 
Which is wrong. Which is insane. Yeah. Uh, I believe the, like, in Don't Take Our Word For It, the Assassin's Creed 3 art director mentioned that it would take just a few days. Um, they also got someone from, uh, I think Polygon did an article, and they also referenced that someone from Naughty Dog who just said, yeah, you just, what we do is we mostly replicate most of the, um, People don't move that differently. Yeah. Well, no, no. People move very differently. Yeah. But the problem is you don't, there's no, like, specific walk for a gender. Yeah. Right? The, the, the Individuals move differently. Yeah. Individuals move differently. So, like, if you're going to ascribe a single walk to a whole gender, you might as well just ascribe a single walk to everyone. Exactly. Mm. The, and, and the great thing is just, like, they already made a game that turned a, a woman assassin. Yeah. Assassin for Liberation, for Vita. It must have been the most expensive <laughs> game in the series history, I suppose. Because they had to redo everything. But according to Assassin's Creed, no, because according to the Assassin's Creed director, she shares more uh, more animations with uh, Connor Kenway, the star of Assassin's Creed 3, than uh, than Edward Kenway, the star of Assassin's Creed 4. Um, and and, and the show? fact of the matter is, Ubisoft Assassin's Creed games are always prefaced with Assassin's Creed is made by multiple by multiple worldwide teams at Ubisoft comprised of members of different faiths and creeds. But not for, different genders, apparently. Well, no, no, no. By different faiths and creeds, but for one faith <laughs> and one creed and one gender. Yeah, it's really bizarre. So, like, it's like they're really concerned about, oh, don't take this. This is not racist. We're not doing anything racist here. Mm-hmm. But we are doing it for a white male living in somewhere in North America. With a, with a upper middle class income. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a real shame, and I feel like Assassin's I feel like they're... They... There's a lot of potential to Assassin's Creed that is almost always wasted. Yeah. Like, for instance, let's not let's not t- uh, belabor the point about Liberation too much, but because uh, that was an okay game, yeah, it wasn't great, but th- that game got a lot of interest because it had uh, a female protagonist, and because it tried to do things with a female protagonist. For instance, she has to n- navigate the different parts of a social strata. She has yep. to uh, she her disguises are like different um, classes and different environments. And I thought that was that that was really interesting. Yeah. And you can do that more with female characters. Yeah, I agree. I think you can tell more interesting stories. I, I also think that's... I think if... I think the uh, the, the Uncharted, an Uncharted will never be about Nathan Drake going to therapy, but I think a Tomb Raider can be. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I think it unlocks something in developers to allow themselves to make their characters a little bit more vulnerable. And I, it sucks that that's what it has to be. Yeah. But it at least allows for more interesting storytelling. Uh, anyway, moving on. The Division... <laughs> Um, Which Divi- you were very excited about last year, I remember. I really like the division. The only problem is that it's since turned out to be kind of a. We haven't like, but pr- I really enjoyed the concept of a division being that hey, it's this group of guys getting together um, and being multiplayer. But a- as time went on, you kind of got to see little hints of what this game would be, and it's hard to understand what the multiplayer even is, other than um, the fact that it has mm-hmm. you can play with all your favorite anime voice actors. Good game, guys. Okay, that was good. Welcome, guys. So this is the base of operations. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What's huge? Let's try to get medical online first. So who the hell talks like that when they play video games? (laughs) Yeah, no... We'll get to. I mean, Rainbow Six does this even worse, which I yeah. thought. But it, it feels like this was a stage play. Yeah, um, <laughs> this was a radio drama featuring video games. Yeah, so I'm still really interested in Division, but like the the biggest problem is that basically it went from I was super into into Watch Dogs to some extent, um, especially when that first uh, mm-hmm. video came out. Um, but that game turned out to be nothing. Yeah, and the Division. I mean, after kind of that kind of disappointment, I'm just not. I'm just really skeptical about what this game is. They are really, really... Ubisoft is really becoming a company who gives you really cool, clever concepts and then delivers on the most average version of that concept. Yeah, like, because they're all... Again, like what you said, they're all about, like, zero risk at all times, right? Yeah. 
And it's and it sucks because like I, I agree the division did seem like a clever concept last year, but I was already so burned on like every game turning out the same that what's the point? Yeah, like here's my here's my fear is that it just turns into another Assassin's Creed Watch Dogs, which I mean it's just bland open world. Yep, mm. starring white gruff male. Yeah, um, Far Cry Four sure is Far Cry Four. It featured an evil selfie. Yep, um, he's got Herc, Herc, Herc. Um, that game looks, I mean, it takes place in a, uh, uh, Tibet. Yeah. Tibet, I believe. Basically Tibet. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fake Tibet. Yeah. Um, and it looks interesting. It looks like a far... are a white guy fighting another... I don't know if it's an... They say it's not a white guy. I think he's Chinese. Probably. I think he's a Chinese guy. Which would be... I mean, that would be interesting. Sure, but it is... You're still playing as a white guy liberating all of the, uh... Yeah, but all of All of the Tibetan people. Uh, white savior of the video game um, I mean that, that is interesting though when you bring it up I mean even if for instance if since you are a player and even if a character is for instance like you are playing a character amongst these people but you're white yep. I mean is that and most of the audience is intended to be white um, is that still a story about a white person coming in and standing in for um, the ma- st- standing in for like European culture and saying, "Hey, look, I have liberal guilt, but I'm way better than all." That of is you. what Far Cry Three is. Yeah, that is literally the plot of Far Cry Three. Yeah, where you are a wh- you are a rich white boy who crash lands on an island and eventually joins their tri- the the tribal people's tribal structure and becomes their new shaman war king. <sighs> anyway, I hate Far Cry Three. <laughs> also, you kill a guy, but you kill a guy and then make fun of him for being gay. You, you there's also like first person sex scenes. Yep. That game's creepy. That game's creepy. That game's um, so so creepy. Uh, moving on. And it, yeah, so let's get. We mentioned the uh, Rainbow Six. We might as well get into that. Um, Rainbow Six is basically um, rim, what what people announced of uh, Rainbow Six Patriots. Yes, yeah, so in 2012, I think they announced Rainbow Six Patriots as a yep. game where you were a counterterrorism squad who was in too deep and was questioning what it meant to really be a counter like be against terrorism and what terrorism really was. Yeah. Uh, now it is a game where you f- are a SWAT team fighting robbers and passing around women as if they are objects. Which is kind of gross, but, I mean, so long as we're talking about Rainbow Six, let's talk about the interesting, like, post-apocalypse that this game seems to take place in. All right, team, here we go. Have a quick to roam, rats. Be careful, all right? I will. First floor is all boarded up. Yeah, we faced these guys before. I feel like these, like, this sounds like a a crazy post-apocalypse in which, like, life and death are determined by video games. By matches of Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Which, like, and this thing, like, it's, Ubisoft will never tell us if this is supposed to be in-game dialogue or your favorite anime voice actors playing video games, but, like, they're delivering these lines with such emotion and such ridiculous character voices that there is no, like, and it's supposed to be people just talking to, to each other, like, in headsets. Overall, it was probably it was a more interesting press conference. In I mean, they had Valiant Hearts. Yeah, that was that was probably the highlight. It, it asked the brilliant question of what if war had consequences? Oh God, what if? Right? What if? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was. It was worse than Microsoft's, better than EA's. Yeah, it was. Um, I just. It was all that stuff they said about women afterwards that really soured them on this. Oh yeah, no, like none of these games really seem particularly interesting to me. But now I'm actively against them. Yeah, no, I think that. I mean, this this was a whole conference of people putting their foot in their mouths. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to Nintendo. What the, Nintendo yeah, this said. was the year of people saying stupid things they should have asked PR about before. <sighs> I mean, didn't everyone learn from Microsoft? No, Sony certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Sony. Uh, so, okay. 
First of all, we had uh, the Destiny thing. Uh, Destiny's gonna come. By the way, there's like four Activision games that are coming out this year. Yeah, it's some. It's Destiny, Call of Duty, and then two other some games. Something. Yeah. yeah. The um, Activision is betting a lot of the ship on uh, Destiny. Yes, like, they are, and it will launch on PS4 first, which will be bundled with Nintendo's new white PlayStation 4. Yeah. Thanks. LA Ti- thanks, yeah. LA Times. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, we weren't really sure because they well, they talked about the Nintendo PlayStation yeah. 4, but also the Nintendo Splatoon, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is a different thing. <laughs> um. The, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you can buy a you can buy Destiny and it'll come. It doesn't look interesting. I, it looks like the problem is it looks a lot like. Well, it looks like the, the division, yeah. And it looks a lot like Halo. Like it was like Halo, Borderlands, the division, but without anything that makes those three games interesting. Which say Halo came first. The division mm-hmm. has big promises, and uh, Borderlands is just multiplayer. Has yeah, has you know has multiplayer and a cartoony aesthetic. Everything else, this game just seems so boring. I mean, that's what the, a lot of the press has been about it, though. I mean, if there was that yeah. great article on Kotaku by um, Patricia Hernandez, I think mm-hmm. your last name is. Uh, who did a whole thing on how? I mean, the game seems fine. It's yeah. a shooter. It just doesn't seem. It doesn't know. seem particularly interesting. Yeah. Or dynamic. Uh, meanwhile, the Order eighteen eighty six has wacky cartoon weapons in a gritty steampunk environment, which is perfect for the sixteen to twenty five demographic. I'm pretty sure that game has how that game was pitched. Yes, that uh, game is that game is market demographics the video game. Yeah. Um. It's basically um, got insomniac weapons in terms of like that uh, that gun that shoots. Uh. What was it? Uh, metal into the air, and then you light the metal on fire. Um, Which makes sense, because I think Ready at Dawn worked on, like, the console uh, Ratchet and Clanks and stuff. Yeah, but did, did, did they also work on the God of War stuff? No, console, uh, handheld. They worked on handheld God of Wars mm. and handheld uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, Ratchet and Clank Quest for Booty, or whatever uh, it was. No, that was a PS3 game, I think. That was a PS3 game? Yeah, okay. they worked on, like, like uh, Oh, Size Secret, Matters. Size Matters and Secret Agent Clank and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Uh, they also worked on the Wii port of Okami. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Things only I know about. Uh, <laughs> the transitions between gameplay and cutscene were really smooth in the order, which made me believe they were also super fake. But maybe that's the power of next gen. Well, apparently, from what I've been, uh, from what I've heard from a lot of uh, other um, the, uh, journalists, is basically that they're those. It's actually that smooth. Like it's yeah. actually that. Impressive. It looks amazing, and the yeah. UI for that game is beautiful. Yeah, no, um, the heads up and the way that the characters move and interact, I feel like is really, it's surprising for a game that's this early in development. I it feel. is, yeah, it is, it is super gorgeous and I can't wait to play that in what, 2016? Yeah, probably. Yup. Uh, Entwined was a game they talked about that is already out and apparently not very good. So, yeah. it looks kind of neat, but, uh, what they did talk about, Little Big Planet 3 is not out, but it is, however, more Little Big Planet, which is code for adorable but trash. Yeah, no, the problem with Little Big Planet is that the jumping controls are incredibly floaty. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's, it's a terrible platformer. It's hard to control. Like, which is the one thing you want in a platformer. Like, above anything else. It's why, like, the best Little Big Planet, um... User-created content is all the stuff that just eschews platforming and just becomes this... Like hey, a look, shooter it's a... or a calculator or something. Yeah, like just something that's really funny. Like, oh, you, I can't believe you made that. That's... Somebody who made a plat labor game using Little Big Planet. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. I'm, I don't know how hyper-pumped you are, but I am crazy hyper-pumped about Bloodborne. We didn't see much. That's, that's the only thing I'm well, worried... We, we, there's full gameplay trailer that leaked online right. uh, on Sony's site. People have access to it. I saw it. It looks like... And uh, Miyazaki has been talking about it, like, all week about, like, doing interviews. It is Dark Souls. There are no shields. Mm-hmm. You have trick weapons that can uh, change between different weapons at a time. There are ranged, like, gun weapons this time around. But uh, it, they showed off the sh- a shotgun, which is much more meant as a close-range weapon. The game is apparently uh, about as difficult as Dark Souls, but has less penalties for death. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's talking about right now. It all takes place in one city, so it's much more like Dark Souls 1 with an intertwined uh, thing. Um... 
And what really looks interesting about it is that it's a very gothic atmosphere. It looks like what Dark Souls was for medieval times, uh, with a much more um, gothic bent, industrial, like post-industrial revolution bent. I mean, that's why the character is using shotguns um, yeah. and more more kind of modern technology. It looks kind of interesting. Yeah, it looks. I I'm very yeah. This is the trailer. I, I'm very very excited about this game. It looks beautiful too. Yeah. No. Another thing is the the lighting effects are great. They um, look like what Dark Souls Two has promised. Yeah. And I, I'm very excited for everything from software is working on right now. Between this and the Dark Souls 2 DLC that looks spectacular, they're they've turned from like nobody into some of the most interesting developers in the industry. Yeah, it's really bizarre because I I mean everyone used to laugh at from software. Yeah, well like, with with fair reason they didn't make anything good. Yeah, uh, but now they make spectacular video games. I, the one thing I'm looking for, just based on what this trailer's been showing, is that it looks like they have a very good idea of how the controls will be very tight. Yep. The, the dashing back and forth looks like... It's a much more mobile game than Dark Souls. Yeah. You move a lot quicker, it seems, and it's a, and, and, and Miyazaki's even talking about that. It's a much more horror-focused game. So he wants you to give you the control to escape from what you're terrified of. And, and the enemies move a lot faster, too, which I yep. thought was interesting. And the one thing that people don't get about Dark Souls, and what actually makes that game like not as intimidating as you might think, mm-hmm. is the enemies don't actually move that fast. No, and they don't pursue you. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to either, like, oh, this is too much for me, I can back off, mm-hmm. or they give you the opportunity to like set, to analyze the situation before you get in. This looks more like, oh God, what is happening? Yeah, it's it that that's sort of what they're talking a lot about in there in Miyazaki's interviews and his uh, hands-on demos and stuff. He was very much uh, talking about how any, every enemy will pursue you across the map, basically. Yeah. And there's a lot of environmental things. There were oftentimes the the big demo piece they showed was you find yourself in a town ty- in a town square where a bunch of people are burning somebody with this beast curse, mm-hmm. and in order to clear them out, you have to sneak your way into a bell tower and ring the bell and that will clear the hundreds of uh, civilians out instead of you having to kill them all. That seems really neat. Yep, it uh, seems like a great game. What doesn't seem like a great game is Far Cry 4. So we saw a bit more of that. That's uh, We saw the Herc, the Herc. Gy- <laughs> gyrocopters, elephants. Um, I mean, whatever. Yeah, PS4 players can co-op with people who don't own the game, which seems like magic. You know what that this is what that's that's going to be. So the PS4 already has that feature where it'll download games that you want in your sleep anyway and yep. ruin your um your Wi-Fi bill. So it'll um, download a multi it'll download a multiplayer only Far Cry. I don't even think that. I think it'll download all of Far Cry and then you'll get you'll fin- you'll have a game uh all 16 gigs on your on your PS4. Boy. And then you'll say then it'll say, "Hey, well, you've played this in multiplayer. It's already on your PS4. Why don't Why you don't buy you just it? pay 60 bucks for it?" Yeah. Won't even take you any time. Which sure like those kneecaps you got there? Yeah. So what I think is, if they could do the thing where it's like while you sleep, it's like, oh hey, a bunch of your friends have Far Cry, so we're just going to install Far Cry on your your machine, yep. um, and then it's just like, oh hey, I already have this on here. Might as well play might as well multiple- just pay sixty bucks for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they also had Dead Island Two, which seems like more zombies. Yeah. People, nobody cares about zombies. I mean, the problem with Dead Island is that it has a really good trailer and, and a terrible they- video game. Yeah. Well, and that trailer wasn't this trailer wasn't even that good. It sounded like Jack Black was in it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, apparently he is in it. What does sound cool and interesting is Grim, Grim Fandango HD. Uh, which they uh, had a really funny introduction to it. To play a masterpiece. Like, for instance, one of Tim Schafer's old adventure games. I would have to pirate it. And that's not nice. Please, is there anything you can do to bring great games? Like one of Tim Schafer's Back from the Dead. Sincerely, Sally T. H10. I think somebody's trolling me. Okay, so she was 12 at first, now she's 10. 
There's a fingerprint. Let's move that over. That's got knuckle hair. I think that's a 10 or 12 year old. Let's pan it up a bit. So that was Tim Schafer writing. That was Tim Schafer writing a letter as a 10, 12 year old, as a, as, a, as somebody who is constantly in flux. Uh, I really love that this is happening. Yeah, this is this is like Grim Fandango is a great game. Like yeah. for people who haven't played, but Grim Fandango is a game that was hampered by having terrible controls on PC, but now has uh, wonderful controls. Lots of great jokes. Really clever game. Has a really spectacular like Mexican Day of the Dead uh, concept for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a travel agent in hell who gives people, like, who tries to cut people deals to travel to, like, you know, travel to certain places in hell. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. And this is proof that Disney actually still, like, cares that Luke, that they own LucasArts. I'm surprised that Disney is actually going out of their way to publish this. Because, yeah. like, I mean, now that they own LucasArts, it just seems like I was thinking all that stuff was going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that stuff is dead forever. And the fact that it isn't is really great because a couple of years ago, LucasArts was all about, like, they were remaking Monkey Island and doing the new Tales of Monkey Island games. They were doing, like, Steam re-releases of their Indiana Jones adventure games. Like, they were all over the place, and then they disappeared uh, after Disney bought them. Yeah. And now I'm really glad to see them coming back properly. Yeah. It's a, at very least, it may not be a new game from that studio, but at the very least, we'll have, um, it'll give new people access to what was basically a really, really cool. Yeah. A game that did not work so well in its initial form, but really needed uh, console controls. Uh, um, there's Abzu, uh, a confusingly named game from former Journey devs, which is a game about fish. which can scuba diving? Yeah, scuba diving journey, I think. Yeah. Uh, which could not be any more different from No Man's Sky from former Joe Danger devs, is a game about space and routinely awe-inspiring. Yeah, so No Man's Sky looks beautiful. I cannot believe that this is a four-game... Four-person game. I think it's a lot of proof of how powerful a lot of these middleware engines are these days. Yeah, I mean, stuff like Unity, stuff like the new Unreal Engine. I mean, this is real... The fact that they're able to make this and just, like, cut out a lot of the middleman of, hey, we don't have to license a big engine, that's awesome. Uh, I still don't know how they're going to manage to get the uh, multiplayer aspect working where all the planets... Yeah, where it's an infinite procedural-generated MMO. Which is... I don't know, that seems we'll like see. A, yeah. It's very ambitious. That game looks incredible. It's very ambitious from a guy who used to who basically made a trials ripoff. Yes. Um, in any case. Anyway, yeah. And then the conference ended. Yep. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, there's nothing else. There's uh, they they did that, and then we all had then, sandwiches. Then we all um, yeah. Then we all left after an hour, and Brian Michael Bendis stood on stage and talked about powers for twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh my god. So well. Well, the... first of all, somebody came on stage. I don't remember his name. I'm really sorry, but he showed Vib Ribbon for half a second, and I was furious. Let's talk about Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh my God! Okay, so we've been building up to this. Um, have you ever want to see like a grown man um, who, by the way, has fought people who uh, have like extremely good high kicks and um, electric a man who, hands? A man who, yeah, a man with electric hands who rides a tank like a bull. Yeah. Um, uh, and a then... man whose literal power is being the B guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, who has fought these diverse individuals, and then now he has a scene of taking the ashes of his fallen comrades and rubbing them into his grisly beard and saying things like, now we are diamonds. Um, <laughs> God, I've actually been, I, I, I picked up Ground Zeroes actually yesterday because it was super cheap on a PSN sale, and playing it like, God, I can see the promises, the gameplay promises this game is making will be brilliant. The narrative promises this game is making is going to be the worst thing ever. Like, have, have you seen, from what I understand, it's the best Metal Gear Solid game in terms of actual gameplay. Yes, it uh, is unbelievable. Like, the openness they've put into those mechanics, the engine they're working with is crazy. But the game takes itself so seriously, it's untenable. Like, I can't, 
The, the biggest problem is that, like, this trailer had both the combination of the most ridiculous aspects and some of the more, um... Yeah, like, it involved Quiet, the lady sniper, doing Dragon Ball Z jump kicks, and then also her getting waterboarded. Oh, God, it was... And it's so creepy, because, like, this torture scene goes on for so long! Yes! It was, and all the torture scenes, like, there was a scene of Huey, um, a kind of a, a side character in the game, getting tortured. Yeah. And you, there is a scene of, um, there is, like, the shot of Kaz, who's, who's, like, Snake's best friend, with his arms and legs replaced by metal bars. Yeah, no. Like, <sighs> it's horrifying. It doesn't, like, it, the biggest problem is that the trailer kind of looks like a mishmash of, like, things taken completely seriously, like, for instance characters getting like having legitimate fights having really close combat trying to wrestle with each other but at the same time you have aspects i mean does anyone remember the last trailer where they had a flying fire whale yes there was a god there was like a ghost that haunted snake that was made of fire who transformed into a whale and then ocelot rode a rode a horse with him and then they get so close they can kiss (sighs) which by the way kojima actually said he wants them to look like they were going to kiss i love kojima sometimes i love kojima sometimes he's an he's literally gone senile i think yeah, um, this game looks creepy. Um, I don't know. I I wish that. I look. I would pay a lot of money to have him just say "Nana Machine" sixty times again. Yeah, like that would be fine. Um, I just I I don't know. I want to. I'm gonna want to play this game, and I'm gonna play this game. But I have a feeling, and I hope it's not quite as offensive as Metal Gear Solid uh, Five Ground Zeroes. Yeah, but we will see. It uh, really all depends. A lot of people are 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 uh, predicting that this game might all be a hallucination in Snake's head. Uh, pretty much. Um, I mean, he does wake up from a coma after for nine years. Yeah. But yeah, so no Last Guardian. Too many Vib Ribbon teases, and the last hour was the actual worst thing where Sony <laughs> turned into Microsoft. Uh, but, I mean, if we're the one thing that was kind of interesting was Nintendo. Um, yeah. Because they actually managed to get, like, some fairly decent content up there. It was 30 minutes of just game, 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 game. Stop for five minutes to listen to people talk about yarn. <laughs> um, only the devil has that much yarn. It was, <laughs> it was a lot so of yarn. So much yarn. Uh, um, okay, so the only the major problems, let's just get this out of the way, is the robot chicken scenes. Yeah, they were atrocious. I know some people like them, actually. But, like, the, the problem is that they're all really dumb. They like, were really dumb. It was robot chicken, but it couldn't curse. Yeah, which is, I mean, half the fun is, like... Here's this thing from your childhood, and it's talking about masturbating. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And let's like let's get this out of the way right now. Ninten- people thought that Nintendo was going to blow their minds with a whole bunch of like here are games that are gonna make you want a Wii U. And I think we both said going into this, that's not what they were gonna do. No, no. It was very much Nintendo's gonna show more Nintendo games, yeah. and those are the games they make because they're stuck with the Wii U and they've got to ride it out. And so for now, they might as well make kind of low impact games that'll very much sell to their core audience and maybe sell a couple extra ones. And in the meantime, make some funny jokes and not take themselves seriously. At all. Yeah, so there's a, there was a lot of like funny stuff that showed up. For instance, Reggie and Awada fighting each other in, in like JoJo style. Uh, yeah, um, and doing this in regards to Smash Brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So Super Smash Brothers features uh, me fighters, and they advertise that by having Reggie and Iwata fighting each other. The um, so that actually looks pretty incredible. That if you guys can go you online, you really and see that. should look up that video. <laughs> we'll have it in our show notes. It involved Reggie Nawada in like a Dragon Ball Z style <laughs> fight to the death. Uh, it features me fighters, 
which um, is because Sakurai got tired of people asking him to put Goku in the game, so he said, make your own Goku. <laughs> uh, and Lady Palutena from Kid Icarus, which is because pa- Lady, uh, Kid Icarus is his baby, and Palutena had to have a crazy anime cutscene. Anyway, uh, Smash Bros. will also vaguely interact with Amiibo, Nintendo's confusingly named toy concept. So apparently it's supposed to be Amiga, Amigo? Amigo, Amigo. and Aibo. Yeah. Which is Japanese for partner and for, and uh, Spanish for friend, but also two eyes because me's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. D- D- Nintendo has a dumb way of naming things. I would have just, I would have gone with like the Nintendo, Nintendo figu- figurines. The, yeah, the Nintendo figurine system, you know, yeah. like something. Yeah. Or it's, yeah. NFS. NFS, similar to NFC. Nintendo figurine collection. It's NFC and NFC. Yeah, see? But like, no, instead they have to go with Amiibo. Um, but anyway. It's... These toys look really nice. They look like really high class toys. But the thing is, we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, what? Smash Bros, they seem to have, like, some sort of computer, like, a t- fighter that you can train yourself against. Appar- so apparently what's going to happen is that every game has a, uh, every game is going to have some kind of functionality with the different Miis. Amiibos, so, yeah. Yeah, Amiibos. toys. Yeah. Let's so, call them toys. That's, yeah, but different toys. So let's call them Amiibos. <laughs> <laughs> so with, for instance, the Smash Bros, what happens is that you basically have each toy is kind of like a Pokemon. That you then put down the table. And, and fighting it trains it to make it a more challenging CPU opponent. And it, it kind of feels That's sort like... of pointless. I think what it was that they came up to Sakurai very late in this game's development and said, can you put these toys in? And he said, Because <laughs> um, Nintendo is very averse to character DLC. Yes. So I don't think they would ever go that far. But Mario Kart 8 definitely seems like to have, like it has. They say Mario Kart 8 will have it, which will probably be character DLC. But let's be honest here, characters don't matter that much in Mario Kart. No. So that's fine. The other thing with... Uh... This is that I think the it feels like Pokemon, but without the joy of yeah. having like having any choice in the matter. I mean, because the idea is like, hey, my toy can beat your toy. I mean, yeah, it can, but th- you don't have any role in that. Exactly. Like, uh, we'll see. I hope they don't do this with Pokemon. I think it'll be a nightmare zone. I think uh, seven hundred sixteen of these would be a horrible, horrible thing. Oh no, that'd be insane. They, that's, I think, that's, and that's their big restriction is that they'd have to make so many toys for it to be valid. Right. That they'd end up having, they'd end up having to get into the toy business. I think they'll be. This will be limited to for a Pokemon game like a spinoff that doesn't feature all the Pokemon. Yeah. I think it'll be something that has like the hundred fifty, like the first hundred fifty or something, or something that just has like I don't know Pokemon Stadium. Just yeah, like, like hey. just a select bunch or something. Yeah. Uh, what else there? There's Yoshi's Woolly World, which we've talked about yar- more yarn than the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they. Literally just showed this thing inside a what has to be like the yarnatorium, yeah, like an artisan yarn shop owned by like the the goddess of yarn herself. Yeah, there's also Kirby's Rainbow Curse, which is a uh, which looks like it's all made of clay and is adorable and is a follow up to the best Kirby game ever, Kirby's Canvas Curse. Both of these games basically look like old games but with better aesthetics. Yeah, better aesthetics. They look really fun. There's nothing. That's the thing. Like that's the thing. Like that's pretty much what you'll be seeing. Like games they've made before, but they're really fun. So who cares? I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is following the trend of Link to the Past, where Link to Between Worlds, mm-hmm. where they brought that game and said, "Hey, look, it's a sequel to the really to the one you really like," and then these two are sequels to the ones you really liked. Yes, uh, the Kirby's Canvas Curse sold, I believe, miserably because it was an early DS game. It was an early, D- but like cons- that game was also fairly beloved. And I mean, Yoshi's Woolly World is a double sequel, and it well, is both a sequel to. I think uh, it's Ninten- I think it's Nintendo saying Yoshi's Woolly World is it's Nintendo saying we apologize about Yoshi's Island. New Yo- we apologize about Yoshi's New Island. Yeah, because we, under- we understand it was terrible. Man, that game was disappointing. Mm. Uh, there's also Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, which is based on the Captain Toad's puzzle levels from Mario 3D World, which were the best part of that game, actually. Yeah, that's actually really funny that they managed to make a whole game out of that. Yep. Uh, Zelda Wii U. Uh, that game looks beautiful. and that I think Unbelievably I, beautiful. It, it, 
it's like everyone got together in the same room and said, uh, Overworld Zelda, like very secretly three times, and then yeah. eventually the collective wish of mankind made it real. <laughs> yep. Um, it was, it looks good. It does not look like a game, but it's in any shape or form. Oh, no. That game, they're saying 2015. That game is a 2016 game. That game is, I don't, you know what? I'd be surprised if it was 2016. I wouldn't be, sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 2017. That's, like, that's, Zelda never comes out on time. Yeah. That's just a rule. Zelda's the reason Miyamoto made that statement that delayed games are bad. A delayed game is disappointing once, but a bad game is bad forever. Yeah, exactly. Because Zelda games take forever to make. And... This game, at the very least, looks interesting. Now, as much as we, as much as it looked open world, and it seemed to the guy seemed to say that, hey, look, this is a bigger world. Eiji Aonuma doing his best Yurinarakami from Persona cosplay. <laughs> um, he, it, they didn't say specifically that this would be like Skyrim or something. I have a feeling it's not going to be like Skyrim. No, I have a very, I have a very big feeling it'll still have. It won't be a mission based structure thing. That's not really how Zelda rolls. No, and it's not how Japanese game games really roll. I have a feeling it'll be remind it'll be very reminiscent of Link Between Worlds, which is to say you'll have all the dungeons open to you and you can visit them in any order yeah. and you can attack situations from the big open world, but you will still have to hit eight dungeons before you can open the last dungeon. Yeah, like. And I feel so. What they're really talking about is a non-linear Zelda, yes. which is I think what they've been working towards. Which is yes, that's a good thing. That's yeah. what Zelda needs to become again, because that's how you you know you know play with that a little bit. Also, people who think that that isn't Link and they're you're wrong. That is Link. Yeah, no matter. There's no way that's not a Link. There's no way Nintendo releases a Zelda trailer without Link in it. Uh, he is yes, he's very pretty, mm-hmm. and yes, he has a lovely ponytail. Or she, you know, we don't know if it's a if it's a girl. Link this time. Link has always been kind of a bishy. Yeah, Link is a very boy. Link is very pretty, which I'm yeah. fine with. Listen, yeah, whatever. Need some pretty protagonists. I always assumed he was an elf. Anyone yeah. who isn't gruff, listen, as long as he's not gruff and stubbly. <laughs> imagine old man. Um, imagine like old man snake style Link. Yeah. Oh, that'd be that would be gross. That should be the, be- should be the best game. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, speaking of the best games, Bayonetta two is still a Wii U game and now comes with all of Bayonetta one. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, they advertise it as the whole Bayonetta universe. Available. Which is like, that's two games. <laughs> two whole games, though. Two whole I, games. Yeah, listen, Bayonetta 1 is a great game. Bayonetta 2 also looks like a great game. I'm hoping that they they, they go past the ending of the first game, which, spoilers, is absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. considering the last boss is in outer space. Um, to be fair, this is a game where you're fighting through hell to kill Satan, I think. Yes. So, hopefully, it has some kind of amazing um, way of go- upping the ante. Also... Has more fly me to the moon. Yeah. Um, oh man, I'm really glad they played that over all the trailers. So that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, there's Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is a game where your customizable character flies through Macross. <laughs> Yeah, like it. It looks like Zelda, with this Smash Bros. and uh, Zelda looks like Nintendo has gotten themselves in like the anime industry. Yeah, Nintendo is just making anime at this point. Which is listen, Z- Xenoblade was great. All, by the way, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which formerly just known as X, which is getting an increasingly long name, uh, is a game where you pilot a giant robot that transforms into planes to fight dinosaurs. Uh, Splatoon is the actual, like, this is the really cool thing for me personally. Yeah, so Splatoon is, it's a new IP, and it's one of two new IPs, by the way. It's a four-versus-four third-person shooter where you shoot ink to control territory. Yeah. And also... One day when Sakaguchi-san and I were hanging out on our day (laughs) off, he said, Hey, what if you're able to switch between being a squid and a person? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, this is so quotable. It's so I, it's, bad. Yeah, really, you guys should check out these Nintendo things, because when they weren't talking about games, it was developers just embarrassing themselves. Oh, it was... Being adorable. Like, uh, let's, let's, there's another amazing choice quote that we'll get to later, but the, um, this game is a first per- well, it's, sorry, it's a third, third person... Third person 4v4 multiplayer shooter, where you don't shoot bullets, you shoot ink, and the goal is territory control. You have to control the most amount of territory by the end of the match. Yeah, and so the idea is that like you move really fast through. Oh, as to put it in their words, you ver- you swim very quickly through your own ink. Yeah, you tr- you can transform to a squid and swim through your own ink at high speeds. Yeah. But if you get into if you hit into opponent's ink, you turn back into a human and move very slowly. When you're a squid, you can't shoot ink. You can, but you do leave a trail of ink if you jump in the air as a squid. Which I like, which is a very interesting way of doing. You the... can also swim up sheer walls like that. Yeah, which is like again, this it allows a sense of maneuverability that you don't see that often in first-person shooters because they're so clunky. Like Call mm-hmm. of Duty, it's always going to be like okay, it's a ground to... game. Yeah, get to this cover point, shoot this guy, get to this cover. And point. since there doesn't seem to be much of a penalty, like yeah, you getting shot slows you down, but it's not about taking cover; it's about hitting as much space as possible. It very much seems like this is much more about maneuverability and placement and mobility and understanding the lay of the land. And because of that, there's also stuff like class-based stuff, like people have paint bazookas and paint sniper rifles. It actually reminds me, like, of Titanfall, weirdly enough, like, mm-hmm. without the giant mechs. Yeah. Um, in that it's way more about kind of territory, getting across the landscape quickly right. than it is necessarily but about... But it isn't about racking up kills and taking people out yeah. of the game. I think there's actually a very interesting multiplayer shooter from the perspective of you're not just going to get spawn camped and taken out by an expert player right as you start. Yeah, exactly. This is very much like, no, you're always going to be in the game, and it's not over until the very end. Which I think, like, again, that makes it makes sure that everyone is in the game. And it, the biggest problem that I have with a lot of first-person shooters is that once I feel, like, once I've been killed, it's just this slow, like, I'm not good, that good at first-person shooters. Not not good at COD, not good at Halo. Um, so when I die, it's just, like, this slow process of demoralization throughout this entire map match, so that by the end, I'm just kind of out of it. Yep. But if it's just, just a matter of territory control, this is a game that lasts, that is your intuit into the last second, because you don't know who'll get that last um, move and will be able to... Exactly, uh, and it's hard to tell who's got more paint on the field. Yeah, it's 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 really clever. It looks really fun. It's refreshing, and that is a third person shooter, not about killing. I'm very excited about this personally. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's a good reason to have a Wii U. Yeah. Uh, pa- afterwards, they announced Pac-Man for Smash. I mean, whatever. Sure. <laughs> and Reggie said a swear word. I'm gonna be able to come back up next time and kick your. <laughs> Reggie said that at the uh, their Smash Bros. Invitational tournament, it was actually a really cool event. Yeah, so they had a. If you happen to be in Los Angeles and wore a cool robe like they have up on stage, mm-hmm. um, you could play Super Smash Bros. and in this massive, the new Super Smash Bros. in this massive tournament, and it looked like well, it, it was a sixteen-player invitational. They only invited yeah. the top players, like right. top melee and brawl players, but you could watch them play. Yes, mm-hmm. and they also had a live stream. It was a really cool, like it was actually a really fun event. I'm not a person who likes Smash Bros. competitively, yeah, but it was a really fun thing to watch, and it got me into it. Like it got me like this is really fun. I like watching this. I like watching this game. I like watching people come up with strategies on the fly. I had friends who were, like, not that into, like, they're into Super Smash Bros. in the same sense that, like, oh, you play that game once at someone else's house, and yeah. then you're done with it. Um, but, I don't know, I had friends who were still super into it based on um, just watching this Invitational, because it was entertaining. It was entertaining, and not only because some the, the uh, commentators have the very best way of saying Mega Man. Super Fighting Robot! Have you ever heard a man shriek like that? It's beautiful. Uh, Later, they announced Project Steam, a third-person tactical RPG shooter for 3DS with Jack Kirby character designs. 
which is pretty amazing. And but also, not only does it have Jack Kerry character design, you play as you play in uh, it's a steampunk aesthetic in like 19th century London, where you're a part of Abraham Lincoln's army to fight aliens. Yes, you're a, a crack strike team assembled with animal motifs to fight ali- Cthulhu aliens from space. Like, and this is from the Advanced Wars team. If from, yeah, this is an, this is from the uh, intelligence system who do Advanced Wars and Paper Mario and Fire Emblem. It it play, it plays a lot like the new XCOM and Valkyria Chronicles, and, which is like, how did Nintendo like who gave a go ahead? I mean, they they said like, oh, this is a Miyamoto new game, but Miyamoto does no, not have this a is not a Miyamoto game. This is uh, he, I believe his name is Hitoshi Sakamoto. Yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly. It is the intelligence system team straight out. It is a very American game. A lot of American comic artists work on it apparently. Yeah. Uh, a lot of American developers worked on it. Apparently, it looks spectacular. There was um, Ed Brubaker was up on Twitter talking about how uh, the, this, there was going to be a, a great game for DS, and then apparently got a whole bunch of people screaming at him. No, it's a 3DS. <laughs> yeah, Urgh. I'm a, I write crime comics. Yeah. Um, and Nintendo also stealth announced that Miyamoto is working on a new Star Fox Wii U game, but it's also all motion controlled and severely early prototyped. Well, there's a bunch. There's three games that were severely over prototyped. Yeah. That was um, both two of which looked like they barely existed. The most yeah. exciting one was Star Fox. Um, there was V1. Oh, there was the uh, tower defense one that looked. Um, yeah, where you're like playing a security camera, basically. Yeah, but like that. I, I don't play tower defense. They my seemed. Problem. Really, these three things, things seemed like Wii U tech demos and Miyamoto should have shown last year or two years ago. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, that's the biggest problem was that I mean, I'm super into having a new Star Fox game, but that game, but all those games look so incomplete. Yeah, but we it, can't really judge anything from it. Miyamoto also says this game's going to come out in a year, which if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. <laughs> but so overall, like, there were a lot of really cool, interesting looking games. There weren't a ton of games, admittedly. But I don't think this is, like, Nintendo's not going to turn the boat around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not on this. And uh, I think Smash Bros. is probably going to do well for them. Mario Kart seems to do rather well for them. It's it's really about weathering the storm, I think. I just wish they had more games lined up for 2014. Because yes. I feel like... And that is everybody's problem. Yeah, like, well, like, I feel like Sony and Microsoft, Sony and Microsoft kind of, they'll get by with whatever comes out this holiday season, which yeah. is like... But Nintendo's newest. great white hope is Smash Brothers, and that's yeah. it. And they have so because of that, it just it feels like there's not much reason to own a Wii U at the moment. Yep. I, I'm wondering if they could just like maybe trick a developer, just like, <laughs> hey, here's a here's a bucket of cash I accidentally left at your house. Why don't you make well, your Ubisoft game? Ubisoft is apparently sitting on a finished Wii U game. They're, they have they just aren't releasing for you know for whatever. <sighs> because well, apparently the their biggest problem is that it it costs so much to distribute. Mm-hmm. Then it costs more to distribute than it does to actually um, sell the game at this point, uh-huh. which. I guess they're waiting for a bigger audience so they can say, hey, look, maximum potential. Yeah. So what were your favorite games you saw, and what do you wish you saw? Okay, so my favorite game was probably... Um, I mean, it's, it's up there. I liked The Order. I liked um, I liked Splatoon. I liked uh, I liked Woolly World. Um, I wish... You know what? What would have been my game, my, my game of the show would have been Zelda if they had shown more of it. Yeah. Because I just really like the aesthetic they showed and the potential of that game, but I'm not really to put my, like... Yeah, I'm not willing to put down money on it right yeah, yeah. now. It's... I, I agree with you. I want to avoid... When I was thinking about, like, what are my games that... My favorite games I saw, I wanted to avoid stuff that didn't show, like, confirmed final gameplay. Yeah. Um... You know what? Of the things that made it to the made it to the um, press conference level, I was really interested in Valiant Hearts. Yes. So Valiant Hearts looked pretty good. Um, Cuphead was really nice. Cuphead's amazing. And um, from Sony, I'm really interested in The Order. Mm-hmm. I think is what is coming out there. Uh, I'm I'm with you on Splatoon 100 and Valiant Hearts and Cuphead. Yeah. I'm not particularly excited about The Order. I just like like. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm in the demographic of 16 mm-hmm. to 24, and I like I like dumb weapons. That's fine. Like, I don't think it's a bad game. It's just it's like, not particular. Like I'm just not particularly as interested as as I am in say Bloodborne, which takes a similar 19th right. century Gothic aesthetic. And that is true. Does something it does something that's more my speed with it. The, the the thing with Bloodborne is that I don't know if I'm ever gonna depending on the difficulty of that game. I don't know how, if I'm ever gonna get around to playing it. Uh-huh. I am really ex- I am excited for a game that is like Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. I just gotta see see how how the actual gameplay works in a like a more longer term mm-hmm. in order for me to make a decision. As a, as it is a game with more faster gameplay, I already kind of have trouble with Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not Dark Souls gets pretty easy towards the ends of both those games. Yeah. but it's um I don't know. It's it, it still has. I don't know if I'm going to end up spending in, uh, that much time. At the very least, I can save it. I'll probably play Valiant Hearts. So I'll probably play... Yeah. Sp- I, well, you know, I'll go to someone's house and play Splatoon. My um, fetishistic attraction to to uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki's work is putting me on uh, Bloodborne. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't care if it's hard. I beat Dark Souls 2. I can do this. Uh, still haven't beaten Dark Souls 1, though. Um, <laughs> Splatoon does look great. Just come over to my house and play Splatoon, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and um, I'm I really like... I'm I'm really interested to see more of uh, like Valiant Hearts and yeah. and Cuphead. Like those, I mean, Cuphead doesn't look like it's doing anything crazy new, but they're just great games with great aesthetics. Yeah, and it's just it, they just look like solid fun games. And I want I want to want to want uh, Mirror's Edge and Mass Effect Four, but those those games aren't real. They're not existent. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't they, even show much of Dragon Age Inquisition, which no, like which is in the fall. Yeah, I would be interested in Dragon Age Inquisition if they had said, "Hey, look, here's more of this game." But instead, all they did was like, "Hey, here's a bit of a trailer, and mm-hmm. here's um, people talking about a game." Like, and that game fully exists. Yep. Why didn't they just show, "Hey, look, here's gameplay. Here's a whole level." Oh, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm like hyper pumped about Project Steam because yeah, yeah. you know what? I'll take. I don't really want the grim and gritty steampunk. I want Jack Kirby steampunk. <laughs> I want Jack Kirby steampunk with Abraham Lincoln fighting Cthulhu aliens. That sounds like the video game of my dreams. Yeah. Um, if if there's any game that you think you're gonna buy for sure out of this, what do you think it's gonna be? One hundred percent. Yeah. It'll be Zelda because I that's, <laughs> because I'm me. But if but other okay, I don't own a PS4. Right. I don't own one currently, but I'm very much leaning towards buying one at, at some point, and it would probably be Bloodborne. Okay. I, I think, honestly, it would be Bloodborne, but let's say games that I have a console for that I would 100%, it's Valiant Hearts. Yeah, me too. I think it's Valiant Hearts with, like, surprisingly strong showing, Cuphead surprisingly strong showing, Grim Fandango HD. Yep, but uh, that's also PS4 exclusive, I believe. Uh, it's only PS4? I think so. Oh, that's a, I knew it was going to, I thought it might be PS3 too, but I guess those, those consoles are so different, you don't want to invest mm-hmm. um, too much money into making two versions of that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, again, I'll look at the division, um... See if that gets any better, but as of now, I'm just kind of yeah. There's nothing off. first party for Microsoft or Sony that's really pushing me there. Like, I'll, and this thing, if I if I had a PS4, I would say 100, I'm gonna end up playing Bloodborne, Bloodborne and, and Uncharted. Yeah, which we didn't particularly talk about that much, but whatever. Um, Uncharted's happening. Who who yeah. do you do? Uh, I'll Be play sent. Uncharted, but I'll play it when it's ten dollars. Yep. You know what I mean? And when it's on PS Plus, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, what about games you wished you saw? I wish, wish we saw Mass Effect and Mirror's Edge. It's <laughs> uh, desperately. Um, I really do wish we saw a new Metroid out of Nintendo. Yeah, that would have been nice. A, a 2D, a 2D, 3DS Metroid would have been really spectacular to see. So yeah, uh, I've been producer Arminic Bali. I've been Daniel Rosen. Um, you're also the features editor. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. I am not just a crazy Bloodborne fan who walked into the office. Um, and UK, so you can catch um, you can catch interviews that we've done. Uh, we're actually going to be posting more interviews from our localization month, and we're going to be wrapping up our localization month last next week. Um, 
with and we're going to be so as it stands we are uh, you can catch more of our podcasts at builttoplay.ca we're available on Stitcher Radio and iTunes leave us a review so you know what we're doing and more people can find the show um, but leave us a positive review because if you leave us a negative review I'm going to be able to come back up next time and kick your ass <laughs> Oh, uh, if you we're usually on the score, we're usually on the air at Discover Arson at 1 p.m. Uh, and basically all the time at 1 p.m. You can base if you tune in and you don't hear our voices, just keep listening. We'll be there eventually. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, we have a we have a primer up already on a site about a failure. Um, and we are we update the website every Sunday. You can check out us at Built to Plate at Twitter and me personally at Flarkon. That's F L R K C O N. And I'm at Daniel underscore Rosen. And remember. Feed your E3 workers. I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening.